All right, buddy. Uh, so we spieled long enough here. Let's get to our interview with uh, Keith Alsap of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I think the fans are really going to appreciate this. And again, you can follow Keith at K-A-L-L-S-E-P. And also uh, follow at Gamecock Pod. That's the uh, handle for the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. And this information will be in the show notes as well. So uh, let's kick it over to Keith. Hey, we're pleased to be joined now by Keith Alsep of the Locked On Gamecock podcast, the go-to source for Carolina sports in podcast form. You can follow him at K Alsep, that's A-L-L-S-E-P on Twitter, and the podcast is at Gamecock Pod. Keith, thanks so much for uh, joining us. I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's a pleasure to be on with you. I've enjoyed having you on my show a couple of times, and uh, it's just an honor uh, to be on that SEC podcast. (laughs) Well, let's get rolling, man, because this is a busy time for South Carolina. We just hired Shane Beamer, and of course, we're going to go deep dive on that. But uh, before we get into all that, I wanted to ask you real quick, any chance that you think South Carolina will play in a bowl game this year? I think if uh, they get invited, they're definitely playing in a bowl game. And I don't know if I'm going to go, but I'm going to buy some merchandise just so I will have a record of South Carolina playing in a bowl game with a 2-8 and eight record. <laughs> Never happened to anybody <laughs> in the history of college football. Would they, I mean, would they even have the roster and, and the coaching staff to, to make that happen? Well, I think so – uh, two coaches have departed the coaching staff that we know of, uh, Travaris Robinson and Kyle Krantz. Uh, Shane Beamer has not officially named anyone to his staff, uh, but I think there's two or three guys that definitely will be on the staff. But he's kind of asked, you know, some guys to hang loose and, you know, if you go to a bowl game, coaches get a nice bowl bonus, uh, which they all like. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it'd be great for South Carolina. I do think they would get some guys back that had some, uh, you know, not season-ending injuries. They had several guys that were on COVID uh, that potentially could be back. Um, you know, I was talking about this uh, Tuesday night, or I guess last night on my podcast, up until Will Muschamp got fired, uh, they had done maybe as good a job or better than almost anybody in college football as far as COVID protocols and testing negative for COVID. And I think uh, after he was fired and after they saw the season slip away, I think you know, some guys kind of took some liberties that they had not been taking, and that led to, you know, obviously a roster reduction on top of the opt-outs that you had uh, after Will Muschamp was fired. And if they could get those guys back on on board uh, and get those guys healthy, then, you know, I think it would be great for the young players because there are a lot of young, talented players on the roster uh, and it would be good for Shane Beamer to be able to watch those guys practice and to be able to evaluate his players, to be able to be around his players. And, you know, number one, you got to re-recruit your own roster 
whether you're a new coach or a returning coach because mm-hmm. of the transfer portal thing that's coming. And then it also gives them an opportunity to evaluate coaches that maybe, you know, he's considering but hadn't made a hard yes or a hard no decision on. So I think it would be nothing but beneficial uh, for South Carolina. And um, if there is a slot in the SEC openings, I'm, I'm confident that South Carolina will accept an invitation to a bowl game. Well, hopefully uh, Shane Beamer is not with Oklahoma at that time. As we know, he's splitting his time there. So, you know, big question there in, in South Carolina. Got Let's just start there. Shane Beamer hired. Thoughts on uh, that decision and, and how Ray Tanner and Bob Caslin how they handled this coaching search? Well, number one, I think they handled the coaching search uh, as far as keeping it away from the politicians and the board of trustees and something that's really never been done before at South Carolina and kind of kept it, you know, uh, Bob Caslin's a retired uh, Lieutenant General in the army. And so he kind of closed ranks, so to speak. And it was a three person deal and nobody from the board of trustees was involved. Hmm. And, you know, some of them didn't like that. If you know the history of the university of South Carolina, the board uh, which are all, you know, political appointees by the legislature uh, are very involved. And a lot of times they think they're the decision-making body, but they're supposed to be the advise and consent body. And so I thought they did a good job for that. Um, I mean, I said, you know, for me personally, and I think a lot of South Carolina fans, they wanted someone with head coaching experience. Um, Obviously, Matt Campbell was a guy that uh, Ray Tanner and Bob Caslin made tell them no several times. You know, maybe if he's six and four instead of probably going to the Big 12 championship game, maybe that could have gone a little bit further down the road. But I think he's probably either going to get a big contract extension there or maybe parlay that job into the Michigan job or perhaps the Texas job or, you know, some people say even the NFL. Um And so then you had Scott Satterfield and Billy Napier, and neither one of them were as impressive, according to my sources in the interview process, as Shane Beamer. And Shane Beamer internally did have a lot of support from his time at South Carolina. A lot of people were very impressed with him. And he uh, has done a tremendous job networking and staying in touch. And he also had you know, every one of those great players, when Steve Spurrier went on that great run from Connor Shaw to Marcus Lattimore to Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Holloman, Melvin Ingram, Tory Gurley, uh, DJ Swearinger, you know, you name it, those guys all stepped up and went to bat for Shane Beamer and a lot of players that came before them as well. So he had a lot of internal support for the job and put forth a great plan. I mean, to me, I would have preferred someone with head coaching experience because 
Uh, I think the SEC has not been kind to first-time head coaches. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you're dead on with that one. So do you think the fact that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, but uh, Ben Briner of the state just reported that South Carolina's got to owe the complete buyout the way his contract, Will Muschamp, that is, his previous contract is. So do you think finances played into this at all and, and trying to get uh, Shane Beamer, you know, you kind of referenced it there, they, they kind of got him on the cheap a little bit. Well, so uh, I guess the long and short answer is I don't believe finances played a factor. Um, Ray Tanner had and Will Muschamp had negotiated a reduction on the buyout of over $2 million, and Ray Tanner forgot to sign it. And so, um, you know, the general's probably not going to be too pleased with that. But – South Carolina, they knew they need to make a change. I mean, we all know that new uh, TV contract with uh, ABC and Disney is getting ready to kick in, and that's going to at least double uh, the revenue for each SEC program. And um, they had some people step up and said, don't worry about the buyout and we're going to spare no expense because you can't say, well, we're going to fire this guy and pay him 13 and now over $15 million, but we got to make a hire on the cheap. Uh, from what I was told, Shane Beamer took less money because for him, it's still a huge raise. I mean, I don't, I think mm-hmm. less than $600,000 a year at Oklahoma million uh, heavily laden with incentives per year for five years. But he wanted money for coordinators because he is a first-time head coach. He mentioned at the press conference he really wanted to hire, uh, you know, coordinators that had done it for a long time at a high level. That was his quote. And so to get those guys, you're going to have to pay more money you're probably going to have to overpay maybe to get a guy to leave the region or the school that they're in and come to South Carolina. And he also wants uh, a bigger support staff. Uh, And he's going to have a new strength staff. Uh, We uh, were fortunate enough to get that news first this morning that Paul Jackson uh, and his staff had been uh, let go effective at the end of the year. And so there'll be a new strength coach uh, and strength staff coming in with Shane Beamer. Now, one interesting thing about Shane Beamer, because I hear, you know, just what you said. I mean, the former players love him. Seems like a lot of fans love him. Great recruiter. He's got just an outstanding background when it you know, for a guy that's not been a head coach, hell, he's been all over the SEC and Oklahoma, and he's attached to all these great coaches. But, and I haven't been able to confirm this, so I wanted to ask you because I heard this from someone that I trust that Steve Spurrier basically ran him off, uh, Shane Beamer, that is, at his time at South Carolina. Uh, do you know anything about that? And and what's the backstory there of of why Shane Beamer left uh, the first time around? Well, there was uh, a botched kickoff uh, right before the half of the SEC championship game against Auburn. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, there was some kind of miscommunication, and Auburn wound up getting the ball, uh, I think, around the 40-yard line. And uh, there was under 30 seconds to go, and Cam Newton made one play, and then they had a Hail Mary on the last play of the half, and they scored. And uh, the head ball coach was uh, none too happy. And uh, according to sources, and you never know if they're right or wrong, <laughs> basically the way it was relayed to me was, well, Shane, probably need to go work for your daddy. And uh, then everybody told him what a big mistake that would be, and he called him back the next day and tried to apologize and get him to stay. And uh, – after Jadevian Clowney signed on his birthday, which was Valentine's Day, uh, Shane Beamer left and went to Virginia Tech to be with his dad for five years. And, uh, you know, that had to be special for him. And uh, then, you know, he wound up at Georgia and was on the staff that played for the national championship game. And then you know, he said the only place he would have even considered leaving Georgia for was Oklahoma to learn that offense from Lincoln Riley. And when they got the 10th assistant, Lincoln Riley hired him. A lot of coaches in the SEC promoted somebody from their support staff and paid them a lower salary and kind of looked at it as, you know, a stepping stone type job to give a, another guy you know, an opportunity. Lincoln Riley took an, you know, an established veteran assistant coach with his 10th, uh, you know, assistant position. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems like the big question in Columbia now, who's the staff going to be? And, uh, you know, before we get to that, I just want to ask you, I mean, does the fate of uh, Shane Beamer's tenure there at South Carolina, does it rest in uh, these two coordinator hires he's about to make, offense and defense? Well, I mean, I think when you look at Will Muschamp and his tenure, I think you can trace the beginning of the end back to the decision to promote Brian McClendon uh, to offensive coordinator. Um, Will Muschamp took over a program that won three games. They won six games. Then the next year they won nine games. And even Mike Bianchi was writing great stories about Will Muschamp then. <laughs> And he had flipped the narrative of a guy that couldn't win at Florida, that was a great fit at South Carolina, and was the same guy that was the head coach in waiting at Texas. And because of one half of football, he chose to promote Brian McClendon instead of pluck Eli Drinkwitz away from NC State. And Drinkwitz was going to come. And, you know, not only – from an offensive coordinator standpoint, but uh, wide receiver and recruiting, wide receiver recruiting was just abysmal under Brian McClendon. And uh, that led to, you know, that and Travaris Robinson fully turning over the defense to him instead of, you know, calling it himself. That's probably why he got fired. And at the end of the day, I think a guy like Shane Beamer, it's his first head coaching job every hire, not just the coordinators, but I think every hire is going to be critical, but in particular, the offensive and defensive coordinators and then who he hires to be the strength coach because 
your strength staff spends more time with the players than the coaching staff does because they're around them year-round, not just spring and fall practice. You know, with that in mind, who are the uh, ideal candidates? Either, you know, people you've, you've heard or just people that you, you think are realistic for Shane Beamer to hire at those uh, coordinator positions and, and strength staff. Well, for me, I think, you know, he's already got the guy for, for offense on staff in Mike Bobo. He's a veteran play caller, one of the best play callers in the SEC. He's done it for a long time at a high level. Uh, he – you know, evolved at Georgia from an I-formation team to when they had Aaron Murray. And even Hudson Mason, they were, you know, shotgun spread over 90% of the time and putting up a lot of points and producing, you know, record-breaking offenses. I mean, it helped that he had like four NFL tailbacks at one time. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, they were wide open. They scored a lot of points. He went to Colorado State and evolved even more out there. And then, you know, he comes to South Carolina and they're devoid of playmakers. And the one guy that they thought they had that was a playmaker tore his ACL the first week of fall camp, Marshawn Lloyd, a five-star tailback. And all of a sudden you figure out that Kevin Harris is really good. Mm-hmm. And he's really fast and he rushed for over 1100 yards and you know they had to change their offense uh, to go to I formation and old school football because they really didn't have three or four wide receivers that anybody feared they had one guy Shy Smith and you know he got a concussion and missed a couple of weeks and you know against Ole Miss they, they scored 42 points and all of it was essentially because of Kevin Harris and Deshaun Fenwick in the, the, the ground game. So, so if, you know, if Mike Bobo is your offense, if, if Bobo stays around, who, who do you think they should get at uh, defensive coordinator? And that's a great question, Mike. I mean, I think, you know, ideally he would want uh, somebody that's a veteran, somebody that's been very successful um, one name that's been bandied about on Gamecock message boards is uh, John Heacock at uh, Iowa State. Mm-hmm. It's a guy who's been a head coach. He's been a, in college coaching for 35 years. He's been a coordinator for a long time. And, you know, Iowa State is in the Big 12, and they actually play defense, which is kind of an anomaly for that league. And um, – you know, I, I think it would be a veteran, established defensive coordinator. Uh, I'm not saying that he's the only one. I'm sure there's a lot of guys, but, you know, I couldn't see it being a first-time coordinator uh, on offense or defense. I think that's why the Garrett Riley talk, to me, it's kind of a non-starter. He's only been an offensive coordinator for one year, and that's for Sonny Dykes is a guy who calls his own offense. And before that, he was the running backs coach at Appalachian State. I mean, there's not. I mean, I've said, you know, if, if I want a movie star, I want Mark Wahlberg. I don't want Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> and, you know, Garrett Riley is not Lincoln Riley. 
And I mean, you you know, he might could be a guy you could bring in and call him the coordinator and Mike Bobo would be, you know, the assistant head coach in charge of offense. You know, when Shane Beamer was at South Carolina, Ellis Johnson was the assistant head coach in charge of defense and Lorenzo Ward was the defensive coordinator and Ellis called it. And Lorenzo Ward had the title to give him a multi-year contract and more money. I mean, maybe you could do something like that and he could coach inside receivers. They've got a fantastic running back coach, Des Kitchens, who really has done a tremendous job, uh, was a very successful recruiting coordinator and running backs coach at NC State and with Bobby Johnson at Vanderbilt. He grew up about 30 miles uh, west of Columbia, right off I-20 in Wagner, South Carolina, went to Wagner Sally High School, played at Furman with Billy Napier. Uh, that's a guy a lot of Gamecock fans were kind of hoping would get that job. And so, you know, I think we'll just have to wait and see how it shakes out. Uh, obviously, he's Shane Beamer's back in Norman, uh, getting ready for their final two games. And right now he's probably on his phone and in front of a laptop on Zoom and probably chatting with somebody on an iPad all at the same time right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you you mentioned that because I w- I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on that because I saw, you know, some South Carolina fans not too happy with that decision to go back, but I don't know, I don't know really know what Shane Beamer could be doing in Columbia that he can't be doing in Norman for the Gamecocks right now. What what are your thoughts on that? No, I totally agree. I think um, most of those guys are either millennials or or Gen Zs, and they don't remember. You know, for instance, when Brad Scott took the job at South Carolina, he stayed with Florida State uh, because they won the they were in the national championship. And you know, Brad Scott got a lot more camera time than he probably ever got in his entire career at Florida State. And I think because of the Beamer name, I think Oklahoma the next two weeks, particularly if Tim Brando is doing one of those games on Fox. <laughs> Shane Beamer is going to get a lot of camera time and he's going to get, uh, you know, he's going to be talked about on those broadcasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, South Carolina, Justin King and his staff, they're going to be firing out those edits of whatever he, they've got to say. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, and they do a great job, but, but I mean, it's like you said, here's the thing. It would be different if this was an open evaluation period where he could have left the press conference and gone to high schools and gone in living rooms and Mm -hmm. had in-home visits and brought kids to campus. At that point, I think you're looking at a different deal, but because, you know, recruiting is closed down until April 15th at the earliest for all sports, there's nothing that he can't do. I mean, he met personally with about 50 players uh, after – Uh, the team meeting, he met with the rest of the players the next day. He met with all the coaches, Uh, a bunch of lettermen and former players came over and he walked outside the building to meet with them. And, you know, there's really nothing that he can do there because the players are gone home. They're 
taking exams from home remotely. Uh, you know, if they reassemble for a bowl game, he'll probably be back by then. Um, you know, if there's no bowl game, then, you know, I could see him potentially staying with Oklahoma depending on, you know, what happens uh, with their fortunes. You know, if it's just a, a bowl game, I don't know if he stays. If they were to somehow finagle their way back in the college football playoff, that could be a different story. But with everything on Zoom, you know, unless the team reassembles for bowl practice, he can do everything from Norman that he would be doing probably from a hotel room uh, or, you know, the building that he can do from the comfort of his own home or his office uh, there in Lincoln. And, or I'm sorry, not in Lincoln, in Norman with Lincoln Riley. And, you know, there could be a couple of recruits that maybe fell just below that Oklahoma offer list that Lincoln Riley might just be walking by Shane Beamer's office when he's on a Zoom call and Lincoln Riley sticks his head in and says, oh, hey, man, I wish we could have had you at Oklahoma, but you know what? I see you're talking to Shane. South Carolina would be a really great spot for you. He's going to do big things there. You never know how those things could play out mm-hmm. time to time. Well, speaking of uh, recruiting, so this is kind of tied to what I wanted to ask you next, but um, do you think Connor Shaw has a place on Shane Beamer's staff? And uh, if I'm not mistaken, when Shane Beamer met with the media with you know his opening press conference, I believe the first player he referenced was Marcus Lattimore, and I think Connor Shaw was the second. So clearly, he knows you know the importance of he knows Shaw well. He knows what that what Connor Shaw means to South Carolina program. Do you think Connor Shaw sticks around, and and does that impact Gunnar Stockton if if Shaw? And Bobo, I guess, if, if either one don't have a place on Shane Beamer's staff. Well, I can tell you with 100% certainty, Connor Shaw will be on Shane Beamer's staff. Um, some people have said he'll probably have his pick of being on the field or off the field. The people I talk to, Mike, seem to think that Connor Shaw uh, prefers to be in his off the field role because Connor Shaw loves being Connor Shaw, and I don't blame him. He's the winningest <laughs> in school history. The boosters love him. You know, he's the toast of Columbia everywhere he goes. You know, if you go out onto the field and all of a sudden, you know, your team is losing and your position group's not performing well, then Connor Shaw, that kind of changes who Connor Shaw is with a lot of people. Um, but I think he plays an invaluable role just being around the players and working that life skills program uh, so well that he took over from Marcus Lattimore. And uh, he loves being around the quarterbacks and Mike Bobo lets him sit in the room. And then, you know, obviously he came on the field uh, once Will Muschamp was fired. But I kind of think he'll be – in his same role uh, off the field. And I think he really thrives in that role. And I think that's really what he would prefer to do. Now for next season, what are the odds that uh, Ryan Holinsky's on this uh, still on the roster? And I asked that because you know, we, 
<clears throat> I don't know about you, but I've been pretty impressed by Luke Doty, particularly his de- debut. But I think once they got some film on him, maybe that was a little bit different story. But for whatever reason, Muschamps just rack up All-American after All-American at the quarterback position and never really developed them. And now we got a new coaching staff. Maybe we get uh, better coaching there. And, you know, I know South Carolina fans know all about the, the quarterback talent that's on that roster. And they got two other committed that are really good. I mean, all of a sudden, all you need is a good quarterback, and you're in contention. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on uh, Helinski sticking around and, and maybe just the future of uh, that position at South Carolina now that Muschamp's gone? Well, I mean, I think, honestly, it's a coin flip. I do know uh, from the pictures of the team meeting, the guy sitting right down in front and center at that team meeting was Ryan Helinski. Um, I'm told, you know, he obviously, you know, had a little difficulty with the playbook. I, I said it at the time, the biggest loser at South Carolina with spring practice getting cut short was Ryan Helensky because at that time, uh, Colin Hill was injured. He could not practice. He was in a rehabilitation process and that was, Ryan Helensky's time to really get a good base knowledge of that offense and be coached hard by Mike Bobo for 15, well, 14 practices in the spring game. And, you know, they only got four or five practices in. And then you had the shutdown. And, um, you know, a complex playbook. And you got to do a lot of smoke and mirrors. You know, to me, it was no secret or no surprise that the guy that knows the playbook as well as Mike Bobo ended up being the starting quarterback to start the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I kind of equate that to, you know, I just hope Gamecock fans don't write off Helensky too soon. I I equate it to last, uh, what we saw with uh, Matt Corral, just, you know, he was recruited to Ole Miss under, uh, for for Phil Longo, and then he had to play for Rich Rog, totally mismatched. Now they get Kiffin in there. He's damn near All-American. So not saying Halinski is going to be an All-American, but whoever the coordinator is, maybe they get the most out of him. And they're both California quarterbacks, former All-American in the high school. So, uh, you know, I just – I think it would be a mistake to write him off. He could be your future. No, I mean, I agree. Uh, I went to the uh, All-American Bowl practice uh, when Ryan Halinski – and Cam Smith, two young guys at South Carolina, uh, were in that game and was able to walk out on the field and stand behind him. And a friend of mine who's a high school coach had spoken with Dan Werner, and he said, look, this kid, when he throws the ball, it just makes a different sound coming off his hand because he's got a big-time arm. And you could see it in – you know, you even saw it as a true freshman, although he probably wasn't ready to play. And, you know, then he hurts his elbow and then he tears his meniscus and he's basically, you know, playing injured all year as a true freshman. And he really gutted it out. And I thought that showed a lot of courage and toughness. Um, and, you know, things just didn't work out for him this year. But I'm with you. I would not write him off. And depending on the offense – that Shane Beamer wants to run and, and the vision that can be relayed to Ryan Helensky. I mean, I could definitely see him sticking it out, you know, or 
Uh, if he doesn't think it's going to be a fit and they're going to be a lot more, you know, uh, quarterback run game and things of that nature like you would call for Luke Doty and a guy like Gunnar Stockton, then, you know, I could see him, you know, moving on to some place that could, you know, really utilize his talent. All right, last thing for you, Keith, before I get you out of here, just real quick, you, you know, you can go 60 seconds or less if you want. Just what are your expectations for South Carolina next season? And I know that's a tough one to, to even answer because we there's so many things unknown, but just something you're looking forward to, I guess, with South Carolina. Well, I think for me the first thing is you want to see who the coaching staff is. You want to see uh, who transfers out of the program. You want to see uh, – what they're able to salvage in recruiting and then who transfers in with Ernest Jones uh, declaring for the draft. They got a big hole in that linebacker room. They were already low on numbers there. Um, And so, you know, I just want to see, you know, what his vision is for the program. And then as we move into spring, what that looks like. And it probably won't be ideal in year one because, you know, you just don't have the wide receivers at South Carolina. There would have to be an immediate influx of talent there. And I just want to see what, you know, the core philosophy is on offense and defense uh, and, you know, the staff uh, and players that will be implementing that in year one. All right, Keith, so I really do appreciate you hopping on with us here. And, again, that's he's Keith Alsep of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. You can follow him at K Alsep on Twitter. And you got to follow the Gamecock pod also on Twitter. And follow uh, – go head on over to his Patreon site. It's must, must information, breaking news with all Gamecock sports. So, Keith, thanks again. I really do appreciate it. Great information here. Oh, hey, it was my pleasure. I, I've – I feel like maybe I arrived today uh, <laughs> SEC podcast. That's big time for me, but I definitely appreciate it and uh, looking forward to having you back on my show on Friday. That'll be a treat uh, for our patrons as well.